0: I'm Chris Motz, and this is Faith in Politics. On this broadcast, we range from the soul to the state as we cultivate those virtues and explore those principles that help us live well as faithful catholics in this great land we're broadcasting once again folks from the upper midwest the great state of south dakota where under god the people rule we're back for another episode of faith and politics on real presence radio that great catholic radio network uh broadcasting in a, in a several i think five state uh area in the upper upper midwest now and um we are this show broadcasts on tuesday nights if you're listening to us on the on the airwaves Otherwise, of course, we've got plenty of podcast listeners out there too, kind of tuning in at your own convenience on your commute or while you're working out or whenever you want. Welcome back for another episode. Really excited uh, today to kind of come back to a topic that I talked about. We talked about in this program a couple of weeks ago with Dr. Christopher Thompson. If you remember, he was the author of The Joyful Mystery, uh, Field Notes, a green tomism a book uh he's a theologian up at st paul seminary in st paul minnesota and he wrote that book in the wake of pope francis's laudato si um this this great encyclical kind of um on, on creation one of the things that we briefly touched on in that conversation but i want to take a deeper dive into today is what this means for agriculture you know south dakota we're just like a we're a big ag state um farming ranching a lot of different uh types of producers out there but uh, to take a dive into this topic i've got uh on the air with me today uh dan denis dan is a friend of mine farms in saskatchewan our neighbors to the north and we're going to learn a little bit about his operation and how he is inspired as well by pope francis ladato see dan welcome to the show
1: nice to, have, uh, to be here
0: yeah, it's, um, you know, Dan, we've known one another for a good four years now. And I think when we first met one another four years ago, um, I use this term, I, I don't know if you'll you'll know this from Anna Green Gable, a bosom friend. When we met, I just felt like we connected. There was just so much that we had in common. And, uh, you know, we're at similar spots in family life, um, you and your beautiful wife, Sarah, and your lovely kids but also too, just like some of the principles that we find inspiring in our lives. So we're going to talk about a few of those today, but Dan, maybe to kick us off, would you just tell us a little bit about yourself, about your family and where you live?
1: Uh, Yeah, you bet. Uh, So uh, I'm the fourth of five boys um, from my mom and dad. We grew up on a um, grain farm here in Saskatchewan. Uh, about 1,200 acres uh, is what, well, I should say 1,400 acres is what I grew up on. Uh, the typical conventional style of farming with, a, um, with chemicals and fertilizer and uh, no animals, no nothing like that. Uh, we, what could I say? I, uh, I guess we'll just skip a bunch, but I met my wife. She's from a farming background as well. She's from the cattle side. Uh, my in-laws have about 50 head of cattle and my brother-in-laws and everybody else, they have 50 to 250 heads. So, um, between the two of us, we have a good understanding of animal and grain farming. Um, I guess, uh, we have four children and, uh, fifth on the way. And we feel, we felt a few years ago called to come to the land. I was a, um, a potash, a miner for seven years, and uh, just felt that call um, from the Lord to come back to the land. And then La uh came into play, uh, and just confirming our call to uh, become farmers. And uh, the only difference is that I went uh, organic instead of uh, conventional, uh, just strictly because of uh, a calling and, and uh, a moral Uh, dilemma that my wife and I had just with uh, taking care of God's creation and and being stewards of the land. So uh, right now we are organic farmers and we have animals, uh, cattle, chickens, and uh, we grain farms. so
0: Yeah. Tell me, tell us a little bit more about that. I I guess I wasn't really, I I knew you guys had made this decision to kind of go back into farming. You, You changed up your work. How did that come about? Was that, it, was it the was it the fruit of some maybe some reading that you guys had been doing or was it an experience in prayer? How did how did that transpire?
1: I would have to say uh, around the fifth year of uh, when I was mining, um, I started reading heavily into to faith books. Um, the rediscovered Catholicism from Matthew Kelly just kind of reignited my faith at the time. Uh, I was tired of, um, of working for someone on their timeline, uh, I was forced to do shift work and, uh, uh, our family was just starting and, and so we were kind of battling this whole idea of, uh, you know, just kind of working on my own, um, instead of working for someone that was the, that was one criteria. Um. I guess the second one was nostalgia from our past. Um, Mm. My dad was retiring from farming at the time and uh, you know, his land was going up for rent and I was talking to my wife and I said, well, now is a good chance to kind of take over my dad's land in in a rental uh, format. And uh, it just kind of developed with both, both uh, I guess, paths leaning together. And then I came across uh, Joel Salatin, who's from Virginia, uh, who's a big uh, uh, regenerative um, uh, feed, the, feed the world without uh, going to the market, but rather having a on-farm basis uh, operation. And I uh, read a few of his books uh, how you can farm, uh, pasture poultry, uh, poultry profits and and different uh, uh, different different books of his, and it really just uh, ramped up that idea of farming. And so it just kind of got us going on okay, taking care of the soil, using the animals, and and putting all that to perspective. And then, uh, so yeah, we 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 didn't decide we didn't take over the whole operation of my dad. We took half of it uh, because we wanted to manage. Our uh, our operation and not be sucked into the system of uh, you know farming the way everybody else farms. It kind of gives us a bit of flexibility of changing yeah. up our operation. But but yeah, no, it was it would have been the reigniting of our faith and as well as books from Joel Salatin and Gabe Brown and, and uh, different guys sure. from the state. Yeah.
0: Um. So just on Salatin, real quick, Joel Salatin. For listeners, it's S A L A. T-I-N, uh, not a Catholic fellow. I understand an evangelical Christian, but he, he describes himself in his own terms as an Aristotelian pig farmer. He's, um, and he does a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of production other than hogs too, but his point in saying he's an Aristotelian pig farmer is that he, he farms in such a way as to respect the pigness of the pig.
1: Yeah. Is that, is that
0: resonate, Dan? Did I capture that? A
1: hundred percent. Yeah. So, and which is a very please. No, I was just going to say like, yeah, like you said, his operations more than pigs, it's, it's meat birds as well. And he's got 35,000 meat birds. Right. And, uh, same thing, make a chicken, a chicken and let it live as a chicken. Right. So, yeah. Right. Which is, yeah. Which is a very,
0: you know, and so, so Aristotle being a pre-Christian Greek philosopher, he's a pagan philosopher, but he's got this, um, just metaphysical view of, of the cosmos that that ended up being um essentially baptized by um by by catholic thinkers and sort of the preeminent aristotelian is thomas aquinas sort of this this granddaddy of all catholic thinkers i'm reading a book right now um after virtue by alistair mcintyre This this, uh, philosopher ended up converting to to Catholicism, but he says that Thomas was a better Aristotelian than than Aristotle was. Point being is that Aristotle, his his thought is um, totally just at the the heart of Catholic philosophy. So to have this line of thinking undergird an approach to uh, agriculture is like so fundamentally good. Hmm. You want to say a word, Dan? About you mentioned another name in there, and it, just in case it piqued any interest, this this other fellow, Gabe Gabe Brown. Tell us a little bit about how you come came to know of Gabe Brown and and how he inspired you.
1: Well, um, I was looking at uh, the good old YouTube with Joel Salatin, uh, different uh, just different videos on his operation, and at one point he mentioned a few a few farmers <clears throat> that are kind of doing that style of farming of regenerative farming where uh, your whole goal is to rebuild soil and, uh, he, he launched a bunch of names there. He, I don't even know who else he talked, but then the name Gabe Brown just stuck. Like, uh, it was a thorn in my side kind of thing. And I, I researched about him and, and was really, uh, his YouTube, uh, videos and stuff compelled me about building soil. Um, he's from North Dakota and, uh, is a very big, um, uh, mob grazing with cattle. So, uh, a lot of management with the cattle, but bringing them. Through the land to use what God created, uh, you what God created from them, which is their feces and, and uh, soil biology speeds up because of it. And, uh, I, I just felt compelled. I actually phoned him and he answered the, 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 the call, and we had a good conversation about my operation, how I was just starting and ideas. And, uh, yeah, I just really connected with him and uh, his operation is a lot larger than mine, but uh, the same principles are there just to putting armor on the soil with uh, trash or uh, uh, hay, whatever you want to do to keep the moisture levels down and feeding the microbiology, trying to reduce tillage and reduce chemicals and all of that source as well as using animals. So uh, it, he, he he inspired me quite a bit in the beginning. I haven't looked it up or anything now that we are about four years in and, and kind of learning on the fly. Cause it's always easy to look at someone learning from them. But when you started putting into to practice, then, uh, then, you know, issues arise and, and it's not a picture perfect world, like YouTube shows it. But, uh, so that's how I came across Gabe Brown that's who he is.
0: And, and Gabe's, uh, his operation is in North Dakota. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Maybe tell us a little bit about Dan just about you know you you kind of had this ex- experience this call back to the land back to the family place. you know there's some nostalgia bound up in it, and just like a love for what you were raised with a love for the place but but it kind of in the mix too was Ladato c and Ladato c coming out what do you what do you remember about? you know, when you first heard about that or, or dug into it and how it, how it struck you?
1: Um, I guess, uh, the biggest thing that I, uh, I haven't read it in a while here, but the biggest thing that I, my wife and I remember is, is just being good stewards of the land. How, how, uh, if we don't take care of it, God's creation can get completely destroyed. And, um, yeah. I would just have to say like stewardship of the land. And so we, we started, um, I guess doing basic stuff, like uh, thinking about water usage and, and, you know, not just leaving the sprinklers run for, for our our lawn, for instance, and and wasting water. So we, we seeded on, on our, on our farm, uh, you know, native grasses that are drought tolerant and, and we don't water it and we don't have the picture perfect, but, but it's, it's just, it's a a seed that God created that's drought tolerant and it's not picture perfect, but it it works. Um, uh, Recycling, uh, it's really hard. We're about 30 minutes out of uh, our our bigger city here in Saskatchewan. And uh, recycling is not, (laughs) it's not at the doorstep. So we started creating uh, a system at home to to recycle and and just doing that basic stuff, just to try to um, just really focus on, on being stewards of the land because out here on the farming, like, uh, uh, this one yard site in, in one of our fields is, is about uh, a bins worth of chemical, uh, containers that are just sitting there that you can't recycle or nothing. So it's just, uh, that's what Laudato Si did to us was just every, everything that we can do to minimize the impact. Um, yeah. not, not, not with climate change or anything like that, but just to care for the land, to be stewards of the land. And, uh, and it's really interesting because my dad's about 74 years old. So he's lived the uh, organic, quote unquote, lifestyle when he started farming before chemicals came around and then got into chemicals. And we have great con- uh, conversations right now about this whole process and and it, just everything that he did, uh, closing his eyes. He says, like, I remember you, it's like putting blinders on a, on a, a horse. You, you just put blinders on your own eyes, knowing that what you're doing is probably not the best thing, but you just got to do it. And so, uh, it's been really for my, my dad's sake, cause none of his boys, uh, farmed or wanted to farm until I, I got that call to come back. And, uh, it's just beautiful to see, uh, my dad's, uh, change of heart and, and understanding of what it is to, to rebuild soil and, and taking care of that creation.
0: That's, um. You know, it it strikes me too that in in some of these principles that you're articulating, principles of stewardship and respect for the order of things as they are, as they're created, that this isn't always the most efficient, quote unquote, if you will. Mm -hmm. I think so. Oftentimes, our modern conception of you know economic life, where we're trying to make a living is you just make as much as you possibly can in as short a time as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. And that's like a good work day, right? That's Mm -hmm. if that's quote unquote efficiency. Do do you ever does that tension ever come up as you're making these decisions between like um, principles of stewardship and efficiency? And how do you how do you sort through that?
1: Um, yeah, it's it's uh it's it's not easy because uh, like I said it, it it's time management it's something that you have to to really focus in it's a lot easier to uh, uh, I don't know just for instance uh, we're, we're get we are getting into mob grazing yeah. it demands a bit of a financial uh, uh, startup it demands training myself, training the animals and all this stuff, mob grazing. I don't know if your listeners know what it is, but it's just putting a as much animals on a, a smaller paddock or a smaller land size and moving them daily so that, yeah. uh, you know, so that the grass can, can regrow in a month's time and it, it, they didn't kill or they didn't trample it or anyway, it's, it's just a good cycling for, for the soil biology. But um, it, it's, you know, it's a lot easier to just put, you know, your cattle out on, on uh, 160 acres and let them do their thing. And and then they eat what they want and they leave the weeds behind. But for sure, that'd be a lot easier, but for soil building, <laughs> it demands, uh, figuring out a water system so that they can move on the paddocks every day, figuring out, uh, training your animals on electric wire. Uh, so it, sometimes you just want to just put them in pasture and go with the next project and move forward. But, um, you know, I was going to mention, like, I'm, I'm having an issue right now, because we have uh, surveyed our land lately to get our property lines correct. And uh, in that time, I, I gained 11 acres, you guys run on acres, correct? Yeah. Okay. Eleven so acres. I gained, I, I gained 11 acres on this property line over the years, guys slowly take six inches, and you don't realize, right? But uh but I had a conversation just today with one of the renters and, and he is super, super upset over these five acres, uh, because it's two fields, but, uh, he, he lost five acres on his field. And my wife and I were just having a conversation about how greed, greed comes into play because, uh, you want to make money and, uh, and and on five acres, you you don't make much. Um, but, uh, anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because it, it, it is, uh, it is a vocation farming is a vocation and uh just like every other job or like you were mentioning like profit is uh it's always good it's always good but it seems to be the only focus on it and uh but it was just really interesting today that conversation that uh and for us five acres is is a lot because now we can uh we can try to rebuild five acres and it might produce a lot more in 20 years from now we don't know the time frame and how fast we can rebuild but uh I don't even know if I answered the question, but
0: (laughs) no, you did. That's, I mean, that's great. Essentially that, um, yeah, that it's, it's okay to try and be efficient, but that to, to have that, to hold that out as like the sole criterion by which one makes decisions isn't necessarily respectful of other legitimate goods that the Lord has created and calls us to
1: actually, Um, yeah, no, you're refreshing my memory here. I, uh, I remember once uh, I got friends that they're, they're builders, house builders, and he was trying, he was building a, sorry, he paid someone to build a garden shed, a small eight by 10 garden shed. And I remember me and him having a conversation. I said, don't you want to do that and and have a a fun time building this thing? And he says, well, no, time is money. And it's way more efficient if I pay someone to do this. And then he's had a conversion in the last little while, but he was mentioning now that like, you know, that little conversation, he says, I could have had my kids with me building. We could have had that moment. So the efficiency on the farm, sure. But my efficiency is my nine-year-old who is not that efficient. But (laughs) if if we can, if we can train him to, to love what he's doing, even though it's physical, even though there's not a lot of money or whatever the case may be, but love it that that's efficiency, you know, because then you're training the future generation to continue to do what God is calling us to do, to be stewards of well, the land, right?
0: Well, and I think what I hear you describing, Dan, is essentially virtue, like
1: a habit to
0: to choose and do the good, yeah. um, which vir- acting virtuously may, may be more difficult when one first begins it, but becomes easier with time because it's a habit. It's yeah. a habit in freedom. Yeah. Um, which, which brings me to another question. I might've, uh, I might've brought this up when I was talking with Dr. Thompson on topic a couple of weeks ago, but it's just something that's really resonated and stuck in my heart since I first read it a number of years ago. It was, um, Pope Benedict the 16th. It was the world day for food. I think is what it was huh. 2006, you know, the, the popes, they give these speeches and write letters on different occasions. And yeah. he's given a speech, or, or it may have been, yeah, I think it was a speech, World Day for Food, and he, sa- he said that the rural family needs to regain its proper place at the heart of the social order. Yeah. And he kind of went in, went on to describe like why he said that, why the rural family has a proper place at the heart of the social order. It's like, oh my goodness, that's that's like strong language. And he went on to describe, like, not only do they grow food, they essentially, I'm paraphrasing now, but essentially they cultivate values. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that, has that kind of been bound up in your experience too? I know you just mentioned like forming your nine-year-old, but was that part of your own experience
1: growing up and your own desire to come back to the land? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I know exactly the quote you're talking about because we we meditated on it for a while too. But uh, mm. yeah, no, for sure. I mean, uh, I mean, when we look, well, I don't know. I just look at society and where it's going, and you know, we're stuck on our phones or, or we're always go go go. You know, we were always busy. The next thing, uh, the next event with COVID nowadays, things have changed. But uh, actually, with COVID is where I actually see the what Benedict was talking about, because, uh, you know, for us, I mean, uh, yeah, you guys are a little bit different, but, uh, you know, in our area, there's it's it's crazy. There's lockdowns and everything, but our family doesn't, it doesn't register to them because our life is the farm. And, um, it's, I don't know, it's where we can develop our children to work ethic, You know, uh, before, a couple of months ago, we had very, very poor cellular coverage, which was a beautiful thing because then you're away from your phone all the time. But now it's back to five bars. And uh, so that's my that's my struggles to get rid of that that device in my hand all the time. But uh, it's definitely a place to cultivate virtue, to cultivate the work ethic. Uh, a a love for, for family life, working uh, today was a perfect example. I started seating in in the tractor and I had, uh, you know, I have to, I have too many kids, so I can't put them all in the tractor, but I have one-on-one with them creating conversations, talking about what we're doing, why we're doing, how money works, uh, you know, how many circles we have to do it on the field all these things. And it, it is a ground to, uh, develop, uh, familial bonds, uh, vocation. Um, It's a refuge during COVID. We have a few people coming over, priests and stuff that just need to get out of the city to just come and find God in creation. I I strongly believe that rural life, we create food, tasty food. We have clients. We sell um, beef and and meat, birds and eggs and we want to get into pigs and all that jazz. Uh, We do flour and our clients are growing and growing and growing because the food is better. So not only are we developing, um, uh, virtuous children, um, working together, having that family bond, which as a kid, I, I didn't have all of that, but, uh, I did work with my dad a lot and that was definitely, uh, that's one of the reasons why we became farmers because when I was working in the mine, dad was gone. And uh, it was 14 hours later, he'd come back, say goodnight, do prayers and go to bed. And uh, just to have the interaction with my children every day for my sake, helps me be a better man, grow my faith. And I'm sure on the other end, you know, they get to see uh, their dad all the time. So, I mean, it's not, this is a picture perfect world. Not everybody's called or capable of being in the rural life, but um, it, it is definitely something to strive for to be with your children as much as you can to develop that. So, so we've got about two minutes left, Dan. Can you give us like,
0: let's say we've got, we've got some farmers listening in maybe, but let's say maybe we've got like some city dwellers too. maybe just throw like one tip at us. If people are like wanting to grow in this appreciation of like just the beauty of God's creation, stewarding it well, being in right relationship with it, What's a, what's like your one tip? Like where to start?
1: Gardens, man. Gardens, everybody, everybody, everybody's got land. You got grass in the city. Uh, you're just wasting money, watering grass that creates nothing. Um, just till up, you know, or, or, or turn over some grass, whatever, <laughs> five by five, if you want, seed, some food, taste your tomatoes, just taste the difference. and and develop it. And there's land everywhere in the city, you know? And and for farmers, farmers, sometimes we go and buy our food. Let's try to grow our own food instead of marketing commodity.
0: I love it. That's a great answer, the garden. And just so all the listeners know, I am an evangelist for the sweet meat squash. So you send me an email, give me a call. I'll send you a little couple seeds in an envelope in the mail, and you can start your own little uh, squash garden with a sweet squash. It's my favorite. I tell everybody I know about it. So there's my little plug for for the garden in the backyard. Amen. Um, hey, well Dan, thanks so much for the conversation. Maybe because uh, we're in the middle of planting season right now, I know you were just out uh, out in the fields today. Maybe we could wrap up with uh, just a hail Mary, invoking uh, invoking the intercession of the Blessed Mother for uh, just a great planting season for all the farmers out there hail mary full of oh, grace, grace the lord is, the with, lord thee. is with thee
1: blessed, blessed art with thou
0: among blood. women and blessed is blessed the fruit of thy womb god. jesus Jesus, holy amen. mary mother of, god, mother of god pray for us pray sinners for us sinners. now, and at, now and at the hour of, death. of our death. Oh. amen saint joseph the worker
1: pray for us hey dan thanks for joining thank you chris blessings And thank you, dear listeners, as always,
0: for tuning in. Glad you joined us. What do you want to hear next time? Don't hesitate to reach out. You can go to SDCatholicConference.org. Click Contact Us. Send me an email. Let me know what you're up to. Let me know what you're interested in hearing. And we'll uh, we'll feature your topics on shows in the future. Until next time, live well.